0: At the start of this new year, it seems appropriate that we too should start at the beginning, or at least a beginning of sorts. You see, we find ourselves today in the midst of Christmastide, celebrating Epiphany and hearing these words from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Familiar, sacred words that we hear as we light candles on Christmas Eve words that we hear as we celebrate Epiphany and start a new year. These are the words from the opening of the Gospel of John. It's a creation story. It's a Christmas story. It's an Epiphany story. But unlike the Gospels of Luke and Matthew that begin by telling the story of a baby entering the world, of angels, of Mary and Joseph, shepherds and magi, instead, it's considered a prologue to John's Gospel It sets up all that is to come. All that's to come in a gospel that's filled with complex questions and contradictions. John's gospel is beautiful and complicated and, in my opinion, really hard. It's the gospel that seems simple until you really think about it. Scholars tell us that John's gospel is designed to make certain that we know that Jesus is the pre-existent Son of God whom God sent into the world to live and teach and share on God's behalf. And to set it all up, we have a poem to help tell us who Jesus is. And it takes us all the way back to the beginning. Introduces us to the ideas of word, light, life, glory, and truth, wisdom. And it leads us all the way to eternity. Let's hear these words from John.
1: Good morning. morning. Today's reading is from the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and 10 through 15. Here begins the reading. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was born before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Have you ever had that moment You're minding your own business, you're in your own little world, all is right in your space, and someone bursts in to your orbit. They might have great joy or anger, great enthusiasm or ideas, and it's like a whirlwind out of nowhere. As quickly as it arrived, it's gone again. You were not prepared for it, you didn't ask for it, but clearly something major just happened. And you ask yourself, what was that all about? As we slowly begin to put away our Christmas trees and decorations, the question has to be asked, what is this all about? We do our best to prepare for Christmas and the arrival of the Christ child into the world as we journey through Advent. Christmas comes, a child is born, we celebrate, our hearts are warmed as we sing away in a manger and silent night. We welcome the Magi and marvel at their gifts and what those gifts mean. Later in our service, we'll hear a creative and dramatic example of the wisdom and power of those gifts. We light candles, and in what seems like a flash, Christmas begins to disappear as quickly as it had arrived. And we ask ourselves, what was that all about? It's a question we address on Epiphany, which we celebrate today— Epiphany, that moment that we recognize God incarnate. Jesus is the Son of God. God made manifest in the person of Jesus. In Scripture, we see this as the Magi followed the star and find their way to the Christ child, bringing gifts fit for a king and bowing down before a child. Or the moment Simeon recognizes that Jesus is the one that God promised he would see. We see this when Jesus is in the temple teaching, surrounded by religious leaders and his parents, lose him for no less than three days and are in a panic. When they finally find him, his response is, Why didn't you think to look for me here in my father's house? I'm sure that would have saved them much panic and consternation. When we look to our scripture today from the Gospel of John, we see God manifest in Jesus, John's Gospel uses the Greek word logos, meaning study, word, logic, wisdom, all to describe Jesus before anything ever was. We translate it as word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus was there in the beginning, and Jesus was a part of everything that was created. Everything, life and light. And this light shines in the darkness and cannot be overcome. My daughters have shared a room for about the last eight years. Yeah. There have been ups and downs, as you might understand in this situation. A five-year age gap can be significant. It started at about 7 and 12, and that's very different from our current 15 and 20. And of course, there have been issues Many issues with messiness and clothes and toys, returning from college to reclaim space. All the things you expect to deal with. But the greatest issue that I have had to parent through in this particular arrangement is an issue that I never saw coming. It was completely unexpected. It is the issue of light. Yes, light. As in whether a light switch is on or off. There's no easy answer when it comes to the regulation of lighting in a single bedroom. I've tried. And to complicate matters, each child has needed different things and different amounts of light at different points in their lives. In the early days, the youngest needed light to sleep. Maybe there was a little fear of darkness. Later, it switched to the oldest needing light to work on homework later into the night while the younger needed darkness to sleep. You can't moderate light. If you want it to be dark, a tiny crack in the bathroom door with the light on is not going to be dark enough. If you want it to be light, a tiny crack in the bathroom door with the light on is not going to be okay either. It's exhausting. There is never any reasonable compromise because there is light and there is dark. And we have to choose. And depending on where we are in life, we make different choices and we need different things. We have the freedom to choose light over dark. God gives us that freedom. And Jesus is there in the midst of it all. He was in the world and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. John's prologue continues. He tells us that Jesus came into the world and the world didn't know him. People said, no thank you. Even today, it's hard to understand that Jesus lived as we did. It can be easy to doubt, and that's okay. We often think we have to know it all in order to be called disciples, but John is telling us something different here. From the very beginning, Jesus doesn't say anything about having to know it all. He simply claims that we all have the power to be children of God, not experts on creation or grace, but children of God. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. We are all children of our creator, not adults or grown-ups of God who have it all figured out. And in order for us to be able to know God, John tells us that Jesus became flesh and lived among us, and from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Theologian Brian McLaren writes about this scripture, and he says, if we want to know what God is like and what the universe is all about, we should pay attention to the logic, meaning, wisdom, and patterns found in the life of Jesus. He lived the pattern of God in his life. He showed the essence of God in the way he treated others. From his birth to his death and beyond, Jesus translates the logic or meaning or heart of God into terms we humans can understand. Skin and bone, muscle and breath, nerve and action. God is in the midst of creation, in our very being, and it has been from the very beginning. Jesus came and taught us to live and love. It's a gift. And all we have to do is be like children and accept that gift. In my view of working with children here, and, and really anyone who is understanding and trying to understand faith, is that we never wrap God up in a pretty box And tie a bow on top and hand it to someone and say, here, here is God. No. Instead, I want us all to understand the expanse of who God is. And that's a tall order for anyone. I personally think that kids are far better able to do that. To imagine bigger and broader of who God is. One way I like to do this is by inviting children to put on their imaginations. Turn them up all the way. And we imagine how much God loves us. I invite them to imagine the biggest thing they can think of beyond anything they could ever imagine. Then our brains start to hurt. We put a pin right where we stopped and we take a little break. We put our imaginations back on, we turn them back up, and we start from that point that we didn't think we could think of beyond. And we do it again. We expand our vision and imagination for who God is. We do this several times, imagining how far and big God's love and grace is for each of us. I've done this for a long time, and as I was working through the scripture, I realized that I was missing a significant part of this activity. We always think out and into the future. But what I'm coming to understand is that in order to truly recognize God's grace and the message that Jesus brings for us, We have to start from the beginning. It isn't all about what is to come or what will be, but grace begins in the beginning. It was there. It surrounds us completely, totally, and always. It is the light that shines. It is and was and always will be. It's just waiting for us. We're not called to grow up and figure it all out, to understand completely all the moments that sacred scripture bring for us. We're simply called to accept grace, to sit in the arms of Jesus, wrapped up and held and loved like a child. We have received grace upon grace, not because of the rules we follow or the path we walk or the decisions we make, but through grace and truth through Jesus Christ. That's it. Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. It really isn't that complex. John's prologue of a creation story, a Christmas story, an epiphany story, it tells us what it is all about. Jesus is God's son. Jesus taught us to live in light because there will be darkness. Jesus lived it. Jesus taught us to live in love because there will be pain. Jesus lived it. Jesus gives us grace upon grace because we are all beloved children of God. And with each and every moment of life, the joys and the struggles, God is there, crying with us, laughing with us, cheering us along as we choose grace, and reaching out for us when we're lost, as we choose to be children of God, living life and light. And we get to do all of this because God chose Jesus to embody humanity as the Son of God, to touch and feel the world that God created with the very flesh and bones that we ourselves have. To share grace and hope of a life eternal in the light of God's love. Simply because we're created by God to be loved. Grace upon grace. That's what this is all about. Amen.